Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Man, I'm so ready for God to speak, God to do something in your life, God to stir you and your heart. And we're in the middle of this fast. If you've been fasting with us, we've been fasting for 14 days, going on 21. We're headed to 21. And God has been so good in the way that he's shown up, the way that he's spoken, the way that he's clarified. And I'm, I'm just so an expectation of what God wants to speak today, what God wants to do in your life. Can I tell you that without the spirit of God, without the manifest glory in your home, we are nothing. This church is nothing. This movement means nothing. All of our serving and doing good and giving our resources mean nothing if the Spirit of God does not dwell in us. Revival looks like His children coming alive in the presence of God. And so we must have Him. We must have Him. My prayer right now that you feel His presence. That if you're sitting in your living room, you feel his presence. If you're sitting in your kitchen, watching from a distance, you feel his presence. It, it absolutely encounters you right now. That's my prayer. That as we dive into this word, it comes alive. The word of God is life to us. Man, we're in the series Kingdom Come. We've been praying over this year and God has marked it as a year of kingdom come. So we've been unwrapping that, unpacking it. But what does it mean for kingdom to come? We really feel like and believe and see through the word of God that his kingdom come is his word alive in our lives. It's not the church that just comes and gathers on the weekend. It's not the church that's just reading the word of God or just devoted. It is a church that is alive in the word of God where we are reading his word and we are activating it and coming alive to his word. That is what kingdom looks like. It's kingdom growing legs. It's kingdom having a mouth wrapped in flesh where his word becomes alive in your neighborhood, in your home, in your job, in your school, on your Zoom calls, in your phone calls, in your FaceTime, in your family, in your friend. Come on, everywhere. His kingdom comes alive because it's alive in you. It's alive in you. So we've been unpacking this. Ashley talked about the word of God and getting a habit of reading his word. Why? Because this is his letter to us. This is the Father's words. And when you understand that, you read it with a new awareness of what God is speaking. This is a revelation of who Jesus is. And when you come to the word knowing that, that this is just unpacking who Jesus is. That's all it is. From cover to cover, you are unpacking who Jesus is. And when you realize who Jesus is, the power that he has, the authority that he has, and what he possesses and gives to you, then it it unlocks this Christian walk that no longer is it just something that you're a part of or just a church that you attend, but it is alive in you. Man, my prayer today, my prayer today is that every home sets fire, every heart, and that you right now, where you are, would have just a stirring inside. Today, I want to talk about your, your meeting with the King. I think this is so essential. This is so vital to every Christian's walk with God is that they have a meeting with the King. So I wanna set that out because I think this is the greatest hour. In fact, I know this is the greatest hour to be a Christian. It's the greatest hour to know God. This is the greatest hour for the church. I am excited 
for what God is going to do this year. I am excited for what God is building in his church, for how he's stirring his people to a heart after him, of knowing him. I'm excited. And, and you, know, you know, you might ask, like, how can you be excited in this year? I mean, how can you be excited in 2020 and 2021? But you have to understand when you catch eyes, when you lock eyes on the plan of heaven, when you read Revelation, when you start to read the plans of Jesus and what he spoke over the church, his plans for what we were to carry on after him and to get to this place where he is coming back for us in the clouds. When you realize all that, everything that's happening in our world with politics, everything that's happening with COVID, everything that's happening with this pandemic and everything that's happening in our world points to the greatest awakening of Jesus. The greatest awakening, because when the darkness becomes more prevalent, the light shines brighter. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. There's nothing that he hasn't yet overcome. And so we know that. So we look with expectation, with excitement, saying this is the greatest hour to be alive. It's the greatest hour to know Jesus. In fact, in our prayer group the other day, we were, we were praising God and thanking him for allowing us to be a part of this time. You know, a time where a lot of our people are waiting for it to get back to normal, waiting for something to happen. I tell you, it might not ever get back to normal. This might be our new normal. And for that reason, we need to thank God for the privilege and honor to be in this time, because this is a great time for the kingdom of God to come to earth. And that's what he wants to do. That's why this meeting with the king is so vital, because unless you know who you are as the church, unless you know your role, unless you know and are alive to that purpose, then this season is a waste. This season is depressing. This season is, it will suck the wind out of your sails. It'll knock you to the ground. Because if you don't understand who you are as the church, if you don't understand the power and authority that you carry, and everywhere that you go that you are releasing kingdom, if you don't get that, then my friend, you're gonna live this season wasted. You're gonna waste a season that God has designed and destined for you. So it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up to that, to know who we are in the Lord and to know him. I think the greatest revelation for any Christian is to know who Jesus is. It's not to come to a church and get all excited and inspired. It's not to, you know, even get a habit of reading God's word. And even though those things are very good, it's not to get in the habit of tithing and, and worshiping with our gifts and giving back to him what is his. All of that is just the byproduct of knowing Jesus. The greatest revelation that anybody can have in the whole wide world is knowing Christ. Because it's when you know Jesus, when you know him, your entire existence makes sense. Your calling makes sense. Your purpose makes sense. The reason you're here makes sense. But if you don't know Jesus, none of it makes sense. It's a waste. And someday I'm burdened because I think right now in our, in our world, the church is asleep to their calling. You might find yourself there where you're just sleeping through this, pushing the snooze button saying, I don't want to wake up yet. Is it over yet? Is this, is this time done so we can get back to and my friends, I'm telling you, God has sounded the alarm. The alarm has, has been rung. The bell has been rung. God is calling a people to himself to know him. And this is vital. 
I remember as a young kid, we would travel around and we would sing and we would go to all these different churches and places and minister as a family. And there are some people who would come up to me and there's different encounters where people would come up after the service or whatever and they would say, you know, I just feel like God has an anointing on your life. Or God, they would prophesy something over me and say, God has a, a special calling for you. And that was great. I, you know, I felt inspired and encouraged by that. But it wasn't until I stepped into it, an awareness of what it was, that it did anything. And I think this is crucial for you to understand is that you have a marking on your life. You have a calling on your life. As soon as you came to Jesus, Christ lives in you. And therefore, nothing that stands against you can prevail right? You have that power and authority. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead now lives in you. This is an incredible anointing, an incredible mantle that you carry. But if you don't understand it, if you don't step into it, then the mantle and anointing mean nothing. It it amounts to nothing unless you step into it. I remember the awareness when, when God really showed me, hey, this is who you are. This is what I've designed for you. This is what I called you. And I came to the awareness that I am nothing. I will never arrive. I will never get to that place where I'm fully ready and fully engaged. When I get separated from pride and I come to this humble state of saying, wow, it is not me. It is not Elijah. It is not my calling or my gifts or talents. It is all Holy Spirit in me. It's all Christ in me, that power and authority that's in me. When I became aware of that, is when I could come alive to my calling and let it become alive in my life. But we've got to understand that we need Holy Spirit and that we partner with Him. So, are you ready? Are you ready to jump into this life with Christ? Today I wanna break down, and my prayer for today is that I wanna unlock the mystery. Uh, You know, I really hope that this unlocks the mystery of getting with God or having His presence manifest or, declaring the word of the Lord over your home, declaring the word of the Lord over your year. My prayer is that this demystifies, that it takes away the, 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 the craziness of it, the, the out of reach feeling that it may feel like for some. I wanna demystify it today. Cause I feel like just, I don't know if you've ever had like your arm get out of socket. Have you ever had that happen? Maybe you're playing sports or you did something of physical activity and all of a sudden your arm was out of socket. It was pulled out of socket. And then all of a sudden, the arm that has power, function, and purpose now no longer does. Now it's limp. And I think this is the picture of what the church is when it doesn't have the power of the Holy Spirit, when it doesn't have this encounter with the king. It's this limp. It has function and purpose and power, but it's not functioning in it because it's not in suck and it's not aligned with the king. That's why this, this meeting with the king is so vital because when you get realigned, when it pops back in the socket, all of a sudden that purpose is there, that power is there, that functionality is there because you are aligned with what is giving you life, what is giving you power. Come on, some of you, are you ready to replug into the power of God in your life? Are you ready to step into this calling where God is using you in a mighty way? That this is the greatest awakening for you. It's the greatest awakening for your calling. It's the greatest awakening for your destiny. Are you ready to take it back? Come on, today, something's got to rise in you, man. That we realign. That's what this fast is all about. It's realigning ourselves with God. Because this fast, man, it's, it's, it does nothing for God. It does everything for us. When we fast, we demolish, destroy, kill flesh man. 
we got to kill him. We got to destroy him because as, as long as flesh man is on the seat, is on the throne of our lives, as long as flesh man is driving, we are going nowhere. But if we get him off the throne, we get Jesus on the throne. That's what this fast is. It's saying no. Man, there's been so many times where I'm like, man, I could really just use a good meal. I just, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And sometimes on this fast, I can get caught up in that. But it's like, no, this fast is directly connected to me getting realigned with making my spirit man healthy and strong. It's all about killing my flesh, making alive my spirit man so, needless to say, your entire existence, your entire calling relies, relies on one thing, you knowing Christ. Your entire world, your entire purpose, everything. In fact, when you get before Jesus, when he comes back for us and we stand before him, then it's all done. Everything you've built on earth, everything you've done on earth is all done. And you stand before him. Guess what? The only thing that he will ask of you, do you know me? Do you know me? The Bible even paints the picture. It talks about how people come to him and said, Lord, Lord, we did all these things in your name. And he said, get away from me. I do not know you. There's so much to that. And our existence relies on this. That's why this day is so important. That's why I want to demystify it for you so that you encounter the king and know Jesus, that you know Jesus. So are you ready to go from defense to offense? Maybe you've been in defense mode this entire last year and you've been reacting, you've been reacting to the devil. Now it's time to respond to the Lord, all right? We're done reacting, we're done playing defense. Now it's time for the church to go into offense. We're gonna make moves, we're gonna make shots, we're gonna make points, all right? We're not gonna, we're not gonna react to, oh, where's the devil now? Now what's he doing? Now what's happening in the media? No, 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 no more. We're stepping into offense. Are you ready? Are you ready to take back your calling? Let's step into the word of God today. I want to talk about your meeting with the king. Now, the first thing to your meeting with the king is you have to have an agenda. I don't know if anybody has gone to the store without a list or without an agenda, and you've ended up buying all the things you don't need and you don't want. Now, I'm very guilty of this. Ashley will attest to this, that every time I go to the store, I come back with things that we do not need. She's like, What'd you get that for? I'm like, it was on sale. It was new. Like it was shouting to me, please buy me, please, please. I, I need to go home with you. I can't tell you. So with your meeting with the king, you have to have an agenda to know why you're there, what you're going for. And, and some of us, we do come into the king, you know, kind of come in like, mm, whatever happens, happens. Let's just you just come in and if he shows up, cool. If not, whatever. Or we just read some books. We go after knowledge. Um, but can I tell you that there's a point to your meeting? There's a point to your meeting. Are you ready? This is the main point of why you get up early in the morning, why you stay up later. Maybe you do it at night. But why you meet the king is to have him present. He must be present. That is the agenda of the meeting. And so before we even jump into how to enter into his presence, how to get that authority, how to declare that word, first off, you must know the agenda. The agenda is to have him present. Now there's a difference because a lot of people say, well, God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's all over the place, right? But there's a difference between God being everywhere, omnipresent, and God manifest presence, okay? And we have to get this. We have to understand the difference that there's a difference between right now, God is just here, he's all around me, but as soon as I say, Holy Spirit, come, 
come into this midst, all of a sudden manifest presence comes in. So there's a difference between God omniscient and God Emmanuel. Omniscient is he's everywhere. Emmanuel is God with us. And so our agenda has to be God with us. We need God's presence in the midst. We have to meet with the king. There's a reason why on the day of Pentecost, the 120 that were gathered in the name of Jesus, seeking after saying, waiting on what God had promised, got the Holy Spirit and not every crew around the whole country got it. Why? It was their posture. It was their posture. His presence is drawn to our posture, our posture of worship, our posture of surrender, our posture of desire and want. And so when we approach the king, when we come into this meeting with the king, when you come in early in the morning, knowing that your main agenda, get the king there. Because without him, Paul said it, the law is death. If you're just reading the word just to read it, if you're just reading good books to read them, if you just pray these these fluffy prayers of just like what you've heard others pray, there's no, there's no purpose. I'm going to tell you to stop because that will bring death to your soul. You know, I love what Bill Johnson said. He says, desperation causes one of two things. Desperation will either cause you to have breakthrough or it will cause you to be an unbeliever. Those are the two outcomes because when, when you have desperation for God and you're seeking after an answer, if all you look for is knowledge, if all you try to gain is insight, it's what Paul said. It, it leads to this place of being argumentative and bitter and, and frustrated. But if you are after a person, if you're after an encounter, then that desperation leads to breakthrough because you find the one who holds all things. And so we have to meet with the king. All right, I want to look at Psalms chapter 100, verse 4. Psalms chapter 100, verse 4. Let's read it together. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come on, somebody say thanksgiving. Thanksgiving with a gratitude. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. What we have to understand is thanksgiving is the key to the gate of the king. Thanksgiving, he says, I enter into the gate of the king with thanksgiving. Why is gratitude so important? You know, gratitude is a thing that, it is the foundation of praise. And when we, when we get this, if the, it's the entering into the gates. It's the, it's the outer part because the temple had these different layers. And so you had the outer court, right? And then you had the inner court and you had the Holy of Holies. And the gate is the place where you come in and you experience Jesus. That's where a lot of Christians stop, but this is just the starting point. I don't know much about makeup, but I know that you have to apply a foundation before you apply your makeup. I don't understand the whole concept of it, but I know you need a base. You need a base. Same with painting. You need primer and then you put paint on top. Why? It sets the foundation. It sets the base. Gratitude sets your heart a foundation to be in alignment with the king. All of a sudden you go from selfish to aligning to see what God has done in your life, to being grateful for his blessings, to see in his hand move. You start to, you start to praise him. You see, I read a book a while ago called Switch on Your Brain. 
Um, and, and in this book, it talks all about the neurons that are being born in your mind every day. Did you know thousands of neurons are born in your mind every time you wake up, every time you get your head off the pillow, those thousands of neurons are awake. And this book talked about how scientifically they've proven that we train those neurons every day. And so you can either create positive or create negative. This is huge. I mean, this is power that you have. And this is what Paul talked about. We were transformed by the renewing of our minds. Now, I know a lot of us maybe have the habit of when you wake up in the morning, you go straight to your phone, right? You're scrolling Instagram, you're looking at Facebook, you're checking an email. Now, what is this doing to the neurons? I mean, it is setting them in the screams of the world, right? The screams of what happened last night or what happened in the early morning. Like, this, is, this is how we all train our neurons. And that's how you set your day off. What would happen if the first thing you did was start to be thankful to God and you trained your neurons, you trained all the thousands of neurons in your brain to be grateful? You turn your selfishness, your bitterness, all the things of the world, your fears and anxieties, your depressions, all of that, you trade it for the blessing of God because you see his hand at work. So the first thing we do, we enter in, we enter in, we enter in, and we know what's in his gates. I mean, when you get into his gates, there's so much goodness, right? When you come into the kingdom of God, you have to understand when you enter to his gates, there is joy on the other side. There's peace, there's love, there's strength. So it's so important that we turn our hearts to gratitude, that we thank him, we thank him, fill the house with praise. The second part of that is we enter into his courts with praise. And this is the two part because Thanksgiving sets our alignment, our focus on the goodness of God and gets us in a posture to worship him. And the second part of that is praise. Praise. Come on, somebody say praise. First, thanksgiving. And that sets us into the gates of the king. Then we enter into the courts where he is, the, the holy holies, when we worship him. Woo, this, is, this is aligning ourselves with who Jesus is. This is aligning ourselves with the majesty of who he is, the love, the power, the authority. It's praise and name. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. We talk about this. He's drawn to your praise. As soon as you start to lift up his name and say, Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you are the king. You are a king over all things. There's nothing that is beside you. You are holy, holy, holy. When you start to do that, the Bible promises God's presence comes in the midst of that. His manifest presence, not just his omniscient, not just his omniscient self, but his Emmanuel, God with us. And that's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot. Psalm 69 verse 30, David says, I will praise God's name in song and magnify him with thanksgiving. Man, it's when we praise him, when we give him the glory that we get close to him. We bring him in close. And what that does is it magnifies God and demagnifies the world, demagnifies your problems, demagnifies the things that we get so caught up in and cause anxiety and cause depression and cause us to turn to things of this world to fill that void. The worship of the Lord, when we worship in spirit and in truth, we encounter who God is. It brings us in closer to him. Therefore, he becomes the reality. Someday, I know, we're gonna to get to heaven and look back on this earth and see what we lived for and be like, man, we missed it. We missed the mark. We missed it because up in eternity, all that matters 
is the king. All that matters is his agenda because everything in this world is temporary. The only thing that will last is our souls in heaven. That's the only thing. And when you live with that reality, when you come into a place of worship, when we worship him in our God time, he comes in the midst and then now we have the essence of who he is. Now the revelation of Jesus becomes real to us. Now no longer is it just something we do or something we're a part of or a church that we attend. Man, is so much deeper because we know our creator. Your entire existence relies on you knowing Jesus. And that happens when we enter into with gratitude, turning our hearts, and then we go into a place of praise where he comes in the midst. Now, the beautiful thing that happens when we praise him is we taste of him. You taste of the Lord. Tony, I pray this over you and your heart and your life that you have love encounters with Jesus. It's beautiful. When you start to worship him in spirit and truth and you align yourself with him, man, when his presence comes down, it changes everything. I'm addicted to it. This, uh, you know, this whole pandemic has just wrecked me for sleeping, but it's, it's totally helped me come alive to just knowing Jesus better because I, no I no longer bow to uh, my, my flesh of saying I need more sleep. I, I, I bow to my spirit saying I need more Jesus. I need more of him. David said in Psalm chapter 34, in verse three, he says, magnify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name together. He says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. That's the promise that when you seek him, he will be found. He says, knock and the door will be opened. He promises this over and over and over again in scripture. He says, come, come, I'm waiting. Jesus is waiting. And so your agenda is, man, turn your heart in gratitude. This is going to revolutionize the way that you come to Jesus because you set a filter for the rest of your time with the king. And then we praise him. We praise him. Praise him. We get close. It's like we were driving to New York the other day and we saw the Statue of Liberty off in the distance. And man, from a distance, that thing looks small. I mean, when you see it on TV and you see it on movies, you see this gigantic statue and then you see it, you're like, that's it? But when you get close to that thing, I mean, it is levels. It's huge, but distance creates distortion. And I'll say it with, with the same thing with Jesus. I'll be careful how I say this, but your distance with Jesus distorts your view of him and will distort his power in you. It will distort the way you approach the word. It will distort the way you pray. You must know Jesus, because that will clarify when you get close to him, it will clarify the way you're supposed to praise, the way you're supposed to live, the way you're supposed to pray. It'll clarify everything. Once you become close to the Lord, you get caught up in his presence. And that is the, that's the sweet spot. So that's, this is what, this is our agenda to get the King there. That's how you do it. Those are the two ways you enter into his gates with Thanksgiving. You enter into his courts with praise. Now, once you're there, this is the sweet spot for every Christian. And I want to talk more about this next week, but I want to talk about intercession because when you align yourself with Father God, you magnify and you bring him in close, the agenda of your prayer then becomes getting his heart. You turn your focus off of, God, I need, I need, give me, bless me, favor on me, my year. And that's what this world has become. It's become all about us, self-centered. It's become self care, 
self, I mean, think of all the self words we have today. It's crazy because the enemy wants you to look at you. He wants you to look in the mirror and that's all you see. He wants you to come to your prayer closet and pray all about you. It's all about me, God, and I need, I need. But as soon as you praise him, you bring him in and your agenda becomes, I gotta know Jesus. I gotta know him. His heart becomes yours. Now your prayers are aligned and you'll, you'll see this. You'll graduate. You might start off there by saying, God, me, God, me, 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 me. Then you'll graduate. You'll get his heart in you. And you'll start to realize, wow, his heart is for others. It's not about me. You start praying over your family, start praying over your city, start praying over your neighborhood, your job, your fellow students. I mean, everybody in your content, you start realizing, wow, God, you've sent me here for such a time as this. You sent me here for people around me. And now my prayers can't stay to me. That's selfish. It's got to go out. I got to pray over my city. Your heart starts to break. And you pray prayers like, God, search me. I search my heart. God, help me to align with what you are speaking. And this is where the power is because you start to declare the word of the Lord. You don't declare your word. I don't declare my word. We declare the word of the Lord. And all of a sudden our mornings, or if you do it at night, our meeting with the king becomes a time where the children of God are awake to who they are. And they start declaring the power of God's word. You know what happened to our city? If we started declaring the word of the Lord over our neighborhoods, if we literally started declaring the word of the Lord over our neighbors, started declaring the word of the Lord over our family, over our children, over the next generation, over our governing authorities, instead of complaining, we started declaring, then we would become like Jesus, like Isaiah prophesied over Jesus. And Jesus then said in Luke, he said, I am the one that it was prophesied over. I am appointed to preach good news to the poor, set the captives free, let the blind see. Come on, that's what we're destined to do. We have to encounter the person of God. So in Isaiah chapter 40, he says, who will go for me? Who will go for me? And my prayer in this time is God send me. God send this church. See, I have a picture of this church breaking out of the walls and hitting the city. And instead of having Christians walk around and complaining about this pandemic and complaining about not seeing a move of God, instead, man, wouldn't it be cool if we just saw the spiritual realm and the spiritual realm, demons walk around saying, oh, woe is me. I once had control of this person, but someone from the change church showed up and they unlocked the kingdom in their life and prayed over them and cast me out. Now I got nowhere to go. Can you imagine if that could happen in our city? If we had people walking around with the joy of the Lord because someone in change got the kingdom of God in them and released the kingdom. Man, we served yesterday at Chosen 300. And this, this, these times have been beautiful of feeding those that are hungry. But let me tell you, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than you just showing up and doing something good. It's so much more than you just getting in the word. It's encountering the king, having his heart become of yours, and then declaring the word of the Lord. That is kingdom come. And that's what we're going to see this year. I want to pray for you because um, it's a scripture. Nothing is impossible with God. And that, that phrase, I want to really break that down at next week and talk about your word and, and God's freshly spoken word. I want to talk about that, but I want to pray for you that as you come into this new space of meeting with the king, 
maybe some of you, you already do this. And this is like, this is old hat to you. I'm preaching to the choir. That's amazing. Continue on. Let the, don't, don't put out the fire. Like first Thessalonians says, don't put out the fire. Don't quench the spirit. Man, keep fanning into flame what, what God has given you. Keep fanning into flame. But for those of you who are first stepping in and you're saying, you know, I want to go deeper in my relationship with God. Maybe you're on the surface. Maybe you used to be a part of a church and now you're getting back in or whatever your story is. I don't know. But I do know this. Holy Spirit has more for you. Jesus has more for you, more than you're settling for. I promise you, he has so much more because the more you gain of him, the more you're going to want him. My challenge to you today is to have this experience with God, to enter into and to know Jesus. And out of that, God's going to call you to do incredible things. He's going to put an anointing on your life. He's going to increase your favor. He's going to increase the way that you move in the spirit. I know that. And I know that God has intentionally brought you to this space for a reason. It's not by accident that you're here. It's not by accident you're hearing this word. Every, the Bible says, every word out of his mouth. Therefore, like every time I speak and you hear it, every word out of his mouth is proclaimed with purpose. It's a deposit and it's in you for a reason. But now the question is, what will you do with it? What will you do with this word? And my prayer over you, my challenge to you is to go deeper to get into his presence, to enter into with thanksgiving. Maybe some of you have been so in this place of complaining over this year and, and what's happening and, and, and you're just, you're caught up in what the media is portraying and painting. You know, media wants to paint this picture for us, but I'm telling you, we gotta tear up the painting. We have to understand that the reality is the kingdom. The reality is the picture that is for us in Christ. And I wanna pray over you today and if you, want to step into that life of the king, man. Maybe some of you have never accepted Jesus and you don't know God. I want to introduce you to him today. I would love to pray with you to, to have you come into a relationship with Jesus. That's the sweet spot, to know him more, to step into this life of seeing kingdom come in your life. If that's you, would you pray with me today to make that decision? Maybe you want to push that button and, and let somebody know, but let's pray together today. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I thank you for dying on the cross just for me. And Jesus, I pray that you would forgive me of all my sins and let me come into a new life in you. I wanna know you more. I love you, Jesus. I make you the Lord of my life. In your name I pray, amen. Amen, hey, we celebrate with you if you made that decision today. And I encourage you, church, wake up. It's time to go after God. This is a great awakening and God wants to use you. So let's do this together and see kingdom come. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.